Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, it is baseball week. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us on a Monday. And this is the week many of us have been waiting for baseball kicking off uh, Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock with the Liberty Flames in town. Lots of great basketball news to talk about as well. Softball got off to a good start. Lots to uh, Get to Let's Go. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss. And we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios, Hattiesburg and Laurel, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. Going to get to all the other stuff first, but we want to kick off the show because this is the kickoff of Baseball Week. The Golden Eagles now just five days away from opening a 2023 season. Four o'clock Friday afternoon against the Liberty Flames. Who better to talk to us about that than the associate head coach and pitching coach, Christian Ostrander and uh, Coach Oz, always good to have you uh, on the Eagle Hour. I know you guys, uh, nobody looks forward to this more than you and your guys. I know you've been working hard and probably ready to play somebody in a different uniform. Oh, man, there's no doubt. You know, we're we're excited. It's, uh, you know, you still get the feeling. I know if we're doing it, you know these players are, you know, get those, those uh, I don't know, those butterflies and the excitement, the anticipation. So, yeah, it's uh, you know a lot of work, a lot of time. So to to take us to the point that we're at, and you know getting ready to kick this thing off. All right, the Liberty Flames. We've played them in football. We've we've played them in basketball. Both games were tough. Uh, lost a close one, won a close one. What what can our fans expect from your opening opponent, Coach? Uh, I mean, you're going to expect a really good program. Uh, they they've got a really good history of, of you know putting out some uh, good seasons there at baseball, and uh, everything that I've known about them over the years and what I've thus far been all the you know stuff been trying to learn about them you know with scouting reports and stuff i mean it, you know we're gonna have to play well you know and just like i'm sure they're telling their guys the same thing you know they got to play well to beat us and uh but it's it's a good program uh got some good pitching returning and um lost you know they got a few hitters returning some new guys that's been kind of hard to get a lot of info on but um but you know we're gonna be as prepared as we can be and and really early season you know it, it's about your guys it's it's about us you know playing playing the game well and, and and doing what we do well and not worrying too much about your opponent but we do have to prepare for them all right luke get in here with coach oz hey coach uh, thanks so much for coming on of course uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, about potential starters you can get into that if you want to but i'm really intrigued about the bullpen possibly uh, you know the the middle relief guys and and the guys on the back end only got really three left-handed arms on this staff, how do you navigate that? 
Well, you know, we, we got a few more than that, uh, to be honest with you. It's uh, some things, um, trying to think here, we probably have between Justin Storm, Tyler Martin, uh, Chase Adams, Cross Sibley, uh, now throw in there Jackson Parker. Um, you know, right. I think we could have five options there. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of – Jackson Parker, I'll be honest with you, when he got here, his arm wasn't good enough to, to throw because he had some surgery in high school. But now he's healthy, feeling good. We've been phasing him to the mound, been using him, through an inter-squad yesterday. Um, and he, I, think, I think he's a young man that can help us. So uh, you can add him in the mix. Yeah, I was. I forgot about we're we're adding the position players from the lefties and and for our listeners to know, Jackson Parker originally committed to Mississippi State from Stringer High School, been playing varsity baseball since seventh grade. Phenomenal get for the Golden Eagles that he's on our roster now. Coach uh, Coach Barry talked about uh, Dickerson uh, will pitch um, this year. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people were excited, uh, didn't use him last year, but, but excited about him. And, and who's maybe another name, um, that, that Southern Miss fans aren't thinking about right now, but will, will impact this year? I think Tyler Martin, uh, he's a transfer from Nebraska. I think Tyler, he's got experience, age, been out there. Um, you know, and he's, he's really, he's really thrown the ball well. And I feel like he's grown. I think he's, you know, he says he feels that same way, and he likes where he's at. And uh, I, I think he's just another solid, solid left-handed option out of the bullpen, you know, like Justin Storm is. And, uh, you know, both of them can be very effective, you know, against righties or lefties. So, you know, I think that will be one that they'll get to get familiar with, as well as others. I think, you know, I think this will be a staff that you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of appearances out of certain, you know, some guys. Maybe a lot of out of several, so it's you know it's a different type of bullpen because we're we're young. Uh, we're you know I mean you could very well see six freshman pitchers throwing this year, and you will, and um, you know which I'm excited about. I love them, you know, and uh, but they ain't never been out here in this environment in this moment, and uh, you know we're all going to learn together, you know how how they handle that time and how they grow from it. Kelly, particularly ease, uh, earlier in the season, Coach Oz, you pitch count on some of these guys. How do you, how do you plan to handle that this early in the year particularly the weather's a little volatile it could be cold etc yeah you always pitch count you know my starting pitchers if i could get them close to that 70 mark 75 mark which we've been able to do um for the most part um you know then and you feel good about that you know open weekend i don't think you'd see anybody going much over that um you know this weekend one and then it's just about growing each week, you know, maybe add an extra 15, pit 20 pitches in there, whatever. Uh, but definitely pitch count your starters and relievers, too, if you have a guy getting in there long relief, uh, you know. So uh, I feel good about where we're at. We've been very fortunate to be able to get out here and get our reps in. We're actually scrimmaging today. Saturday got us, so we pushed uh, the last day of scrimmages to today. Um, so all of our kind of bullpen pieces are throwing today, and uh, so we'll get out there and you know, finish this uh, scrimmage campaign, getting ready for Friday night. The only the only way that I have seen college baseball evolving, one of the things I love about baseball is it doesn't evolve a whole lot. There's a lot of rich tradition and history with baseball. But if it has evolved, it used to be in the old days, Coach, that when you said you were going to be using four or five freshmen, people would go, uh-oh. You know, when, you, when you're forced to use freshmen. But the freshmen in today's collegiate baseball climate completely different i think because 
a lot of these kids, because of the perfect games and the Under Armors and the baseball factories and stuff like that, a lot of these kids, even though they're freshmen, have seen competition at a high, high level. Is that reasonable? I think it is. Yeah, I think they have. But uh, you know, when they're when they're playing against you know the same age guys at perfect game at a high level, same classification, same age group. It's a little different when you get here because you know we'll have some eighteen year old dudes throwing against some twenty two year old guys or twenty three year old guys, and you know, and vice versa. But uh, you know, so but but you're right. I, I do think that you know. I know for me, I'm not worried about it one bit. I mean, this is the model I like to draw up. I'd rather have you know, the young guys coming in here and, and groom them. But, you know, in years past, you've been able to – you had guys, freshmen, that uh, you might not have had to throw in the fire immediately, you know, let them get their grow. But, you know, these guys are, you know, are probably going to have to, you know, because our schedule, there's no, you know, there's no gimmies. Right, and, right. You know, you're gonna, you know, they're going to get their opportunity. It's probably going to be, you know, pretty intense. So uh, they, they'll have to adjust and learn from that, and I think they will. And, you know, True competitors do. My final question is why the need for, to pitch Dustin Dickerson? How was that decision made? Uh, back-end experience. I mean, or just experience in general. I mean, we don't have a lot of back-end experience. Um, you know, most a lot of those guys that did it last year, you know, they signed in the draft. And, you know, so to me, and, and you know, some other things, we've had to use some personnel in different roles than we might have thought we would have to. Um so you want to have somebody back there. One Dickerson has plenty of stuff, okay. And but the biggest thing is he's such a competitor, man. There's no moment too big for him, and he's got feel, and he's going to get up there and, and handle that. And uh, you know, so I do think it's a strong need to do that. And uh, we might look up, you know, two months from now and, and realize that we were spot on, or we needed more or need less. I don't know, but um, going into it, having him. Uh, available, I think, is very, very good for our program. All right, Coach, just a minute left. I'm looking here at the Sunbelt preseason coaches poll. The Golden Eagles picked to win it. But, you know, I look all the way down to number six is South Alabama. We all know about that program. Old Dominion picked to finish seventh. And I thought they were as good as any baseball team I saw us play last year. This is a this is a pretty loaded and stacked baseball conference, Coach Oz. No, there's no doubt. It's, it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, we got – we got a lot of familiarity with a lot of the you know teams in this in this league, and, and there's some that's new, you know Texas State, Coastal, whatever, you know haven't haven't played them uh, at least recently, and um, you know so yeah we respect them. I mean we know what we're getting into. I mean you know and whatever preseason accolades and rankings and predictions are great, you take it. We want the bullseye on the chest. I think you know that that's how you know I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, but we don't assume nothing. We know we're going to have to go out there and earn, you know, everything we get, and uh, and it's not going to be easy. And and uh, there'll be bumps in the road, just like you know, any year. And uh, you just got to weather the storm and try to stay consistent and healthy. Well, Coach, we're sure glad you're in the dugout, and uh, we're looking forward to Friday and uh, looking forward to talking to you a lot in the next few months to come. Thanks for your time, sir. I right, appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, Coach Christian Ostrander. The Wizard of Oz is what they call him, Kelly, and he's got his hands full this year, so I uh, feel pretty confident. And, and this, but this schedule, man, is brutal. It's brutal. Brutal. So keep that in mind, fans. Right, we're going to talk about the basketball teams, the Super Bowl. Do, do we have to? <laughs> Other stuff coming up.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank uh, Associate Head Baseball Coach Christian Ostrander for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure to have Coach Oz on the show. This segment is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, uh, proud supporters. Well, that was the first segment. Uh, they are proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad to have them as our friends. Also, want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street for all they do. And we want to thank Jana King, the king of clean. Jana King working for 35 years, cleaning places of work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, and worship all through the Pine Belt. You can go to Jana King Cleans. I had to practice that. JanaKingCleans.com for more information. Get your teeth glued in there properly, Bob. <laughs> First time I stumbled through that one pretty badly. I went back to my office and practiced. And, and I didn't realize that Miss Kathleen at Campus Bookmart, she was actually asked to perform at halftime, and she said no, so then they went and got Rihanna. Rihanna. You know, I didn't torture myself watching that, but I actually went upstairs and found something to do. You would have rather seen Miss Kathleen than, perform. Yeah, much, much better. I think I would have rather uh, gone to a dentist with no anesthesia than watching that. Wow. Just uh, not. Uh, Michael said something to me earlier. He's right. He goes, we've reached the age that the musicians that are really great to us will never be in the Super Bowl because they're just not relevant to the people that. The Super Bowl ones. Well, and they can't walk upstairs to a stage. <laughs> no, and, they, you know, they don't grab their crotch and all that kind of stuff. But Somebody said that. You can't do that. Uh, the, you can't be in the Super Bowl. The props last night kind of resembled like a Ninja Warrior course. Well, it did. And I saw a picture of her from a distance. And hell, I thought Andy Reid had performed at halftime. I'm a- <laughs> well, now... <laughs> Now, Bob, she is with child. I'm just saying. You know, from a distance, I, I thought maybe Coach had gone out there and uh, and uh, performed at halftime. Hey. All right, basketball. The the men cruise Saturday afternoon over Louisiana Monroe. A typical Sun Belt game is pretty tough, physical, relatively close. I mean, Monroe hung around the whole game, but the Golden Eagles were too much. The ladies played, I think, much much better. Uh, Beat Coastal Carolina, first time they've ever played them. The Lady Eagles are 15-9. and nine, The men are 23-4. and four. And, Kelly, you and I uh, have, have talked to Dominique Davis about her back. I talked to her after the game uh, Saturday, and uh, she confirmed what we what Luke and I saw the other night when we were sitting courtside. She's playing with pain. She's got a herniated disc in her back, and, uh, and she's trying to push through with that. So she's not 100%, but she sure is a, she sure is a tough kid. She had a double-double, too, 25 yeah. points, 10 yeah. rebounds, went 3 of 5 from a three-point range. and Yeah, it was a good win for the Lady Eagles. Um, never really was was a doubt in that one. They outscored Coastal 29-18 um, in the third quarter and, and allowed them to pull away. Men, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was close uh, until probably, you know, just they have that second-half surge like they usually do. Eagles actually trailed at half, 33-31, then outscored ULM 45-34, and you know, they're just the usual suspects. Hase, 23 points, three rebounds. Pinkney, 17 points. Denajay Harris did have a 12 points. Crowley struggled and um, went 2 and 9 from the field, 1 1 and 4 from three point. But the other guys pitched in. Um, and, you know, Eagles, again, had a had a great second half. They shot 44% in the first half, shot over 50%, 52% the second half. Last time they'll play these men. It's next Saturday afternoon, so you need to try to come Henry out. Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah Henry, Henry Green. Green right, right. And that is a 12 noon start, by the way. But but the thing you mentioned about Crowley, Luke, that's what's so good about this Golden Eagle team is that if somebody has is flat one day, somebody else, you know, 
does the job. It's just it's just amazing the depth that this team has, and there there is a certain chemistry. And Juan Cardona said it earlier in the year. You know, he said, "I've been around a lot of basketball teams, but I haven't been around a lot like this one, where everything seems to gel." So let's take a look with two weeks left to go in the regular season. And yeah, you're saying, wait a minute, two weeks, you're still in February. That's true. But remember, the Sun Belt Tournament is played a week earlier than what the Eagles are accustomed to playing. Most conferences are having their tournaments the week of Selection Sunday, which is that first week in March. But the Sun Belt wraps it up a week early. And the men and the women of Southern Miss are in kind of completely different situations in that the men have a much better seating in the standings right now, but their remaining schedule is tougher. Three out of the last four, as Bob just mentioned, are going to be on the road for the Eagles, including this Thursday night at South Al, which is playing a lot better basketball now than they did when they played in Hattiesburg earlier this year. Then the Eagles will play Georgia Southern, as we mentioned. The Eagles come here on Saturday. That's a 12 noon start, by the way, this coming Saturday, 12 noon start. Then they have that rugged road trip finishing out at Old Dominion and at Texas State. One win for the Eagles pretty much locks down a top four position. All right, so if they were to go to South Al Thursday and win, um, that would pretty much lock down a top four seeding, meaning they'd only have to win three games as opposed to winning five. Now, the other teams that are chasing the Eagles, Southern Miss 12-2, and two, Marshall is 10-4. and four. The Eagles lost to Marshall, remember, head-to-head. Louisiana is 10-4. and four. Then in that fourth slot right now is James Madison at 9 and five. But here's something to keep in mind. The Dukes still have to play Louisiana and Marshall. They haven't played either one of them, and they do have to play. Now, those games are at James Madison, but they've still got toughies with Louisiana and Marshall, and the Dukes could actually help Southern Miss lock down a one seed by beating one or both of those teams. Overall, Southern Miss 23 and 4, Marshall 21 and 6, Louisiana 20 and 6. We've talked all season long is this more than a one bid league? Most likely not because really other than those top 3, all the other teams don't have records that are going to be good enough for the selection committee. So you know, if you don't win that tournament, it seems to me yeah. the only team that would be worthy of an at large bid would be Southern Miss at this point. And uh, Louisiana over the weekend got beat again. Troy beat them 80-65, to and that's why the Golden Eagles now are, are up two games. Marshall and Louisiana at 10-4. and Latest bracketology kind of confirms what, uh, what you said, Kelly. Uh, CBS Sports has Southern Miss as a 12 seed projected in the east. Uh, they would match up against Miami. ESPN bracketology has Southern Miss in the south playing in Louisville against Xavier as a 13 seed. SB Nation. You'll enjoy this. 13th seed paired up against Iowa State in the Midwest. That'd be in Kansas City. And then USA Today actually has Louisiana winning the Sun Belt uh, Conference uh, and and leaves the Golden Eagles out in bracketology. AP poll today, Southern Miss again with not any receiving votes in the AP Top 25. And they're 23-4. and That's that's Are are there no sports writers in the South or in Mississippi that vote? Apparently not, right? I don't know what the Eagles have to do to get some love. On the, on the women's side, the Lady Eagles are in fifth place right now. They're tied with Louisiana for fifth. But where the men have a tougher schedule, the women, 
They, they do go on the road for three out of four, except the first two of that four-game road trip is at Georgia State, at ULM. Both of those teams are way down in the standings. So the Lady Eagles can elevate themselves you know, by certainly winning those first two. Now, they also play at Louisiana, and they have a home game left with Troy. Troy and Louisiana are going to be the toughies, and very realistically, Bob, that final game on the 24th at Louisiana – could come down to whether the Lady Eagles get get into that top four or not. But they can go a long way to locking down a four seed by beating Georgia State and ULM, both of those games, on the road this week. Exciting. No question about it. Both teams have had great years. And uh, I don't know that I don't know at the start of the year we could have really realistically anticipated that it would be this good. I, I, I projected them 20 wins, and they're way past that now already. Yeah. And the Lady Eagles conceivably uh, get 20 wins. ULM on the women's side is at the bottom of the barrel. Georgia Southern is two games or one game back from Southern Miss. So they need a little help um, at the top, you know, to, to, to get into that. Between James Madison, Texas State, Old Dominion, all at 10 and 4. Somebody has to lose down the stretch or maybe twice for the Golden Eagles to get in the yeah, top but, four. But the they Lady can, Eagles. Yeah, they can do their own dirty work, though, too, finishing uh, against Troy here yeah. and Louisiana uh, at Lafayette. All right. Just just over a minute or so left, Kelly. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Oh, I, I see. I was trying. I was hoping we were going to run out, where you didn't even have to talk about it. But we were going I, to run out of time. I am beginning to think that the NFL has their favorites, and they literally, the officiating crew, literally pushed their idol, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs into a world. And hold an, on, hold on, hold on, Kelly. So all this time we've been talking about the Saints for several years. And Bob Getty decides now that there's something iffy well, going on. It, it, it just couldn't have been more obvious the way they screwed the Cincinnati Bengals. And last night, that ticky-tack holding play, holding call, that decided the outcome of the Super Bowl. It but, was just ridiculous. But remember last year, they wanted the Rams to win. And they called the ticky-tack holding call against the Bengals that set the Rams up. You you told me Mahomes throws for 200 stinking yards and gets the MVP of the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady's never even done that. Can I just mention this, though, that Bradbury from the Eagles did say after the game that he held. Well, I mean, he can say that. Mahomes overthrew the ball. He just got rid of it. I get that. But I just didn't like the fact that the game comes down to McKinnon takes – McKinnon slides and doesn't score. That you know they take two or three knees and then you kick the field goal. It was just a brutal way to end. Jalen Hurts had an argument to be the MVP on the losing squad, and Kelsey should have been the MVP on this Chief side if you're going to do that. But the NFL got what they wanted. Kansas City's champions again, and their new golden boy. Yeah. So, oh, it's so Bob, now you can say that boy. the New yeah. Orleans Saints were the 2018 Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I'm beginning okay. to believe everything you guys say. Yeah. It's like pro wrestling now. It's predetermined. Thank God for the halftime show. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back. This segment of the show sponsored by 4th Street Barn Grill. Great place. Have lunch, $9.95, and uh, that includes your drink and your tax. 
My wife and I went down there after the basketball game Saturday, Kelly. Had a... Uh, Did you get the po' boy? Shrimp po' boy. Yeah. Very good. Uh, always, always good. Four Street Bar and Grill. All right, we're, we're about to bring on uh, what may be the busiest woman in the Pine Belt and certainly one of our favorite people. Melissa Socher from uh, Mississippi Made and More uh, joins us right Good now. Good afternoon. How are you, Melissa? I'm doing great. Doing great. We're in full swing for the Mardi Gras parade this this week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, are you just kind of taking it easy this week between Valentine's Day at your store and then the Mardi Gras parade mm-hmm. that you oversee? Mm-hmm. You know, when you have good people and a, um, a great support system, a village, um, and, you know, by this this time, going into the 12th annual parade, it's kind of a well-old wheel, as we say, mm-hmm. um, and right in the middle of uh, Valentine's week in my little store, Mississippi Made and More, and we're doing Valentine, we're doing our own Roses Boutiques this this year, and that was really fun to learn how to do that, and um, chocolates and candies, and gift baskets and um so today and tomorrow are the busiest days of the year in my little store and of course it's parade week so we're in in full swing with um trying to get mardi gras beads to hattiesburg and get everybody signed up and registered for the parade and working hard with the city to get everything planned out for saturday gosh it's going to be a big day in the hub city on saturday with southern miss basketball the parade and then baseball right and, and I and I heard that this morning in the ad that we're running here on Super Talk, and explain explain that timing. Let let listeners know where the parade's going to start, where it will conclude, and how you sure. have coordinated all of that with the Southern Miss sporting events. Sure. So so basketball, I believe, is at noon. It is. Basketball game is at noon, yeah. and then the parade rolls at one o'clock, and the baseball game at four o'clock. And, um, you know, we'll all kind of be over there in that vicinity. So we're inviting folks to bring the family, bring the kids out early, you know, come hungry, enjoy the restaurants in Hattiesburg. There'll be plenty going on, plenty to see and do. Um, Go to the basketball game, and then you can walk up and down the uh, parade lineup. You know, anybody's welcome to walk and look at all of the big floats and see all of their friends and, um you know, just bond. It's a great time to fellowship um, with our community. And then after the parade, um, run on over there and catch the Southern Miss baseball game. So right. we're so excited about Saturday. It's going to be awesome. going to be an incredible um, day. The, now, where does the, where does the parade yes. start and where, and where do you go on the parade? Right. So the floats will actually enter right there at Dairy Queen off of uh, 49 South Frontage. And they'll line up at the foot of 7th. Seventh and frontage will be the foot of the lineup, so that's where folks can look and um, <clears throat> walk and look at all of the floats for about four hours. We'll be rolling in and setting up there, and then the parade actually starts. The official start is on Fourth Street. We cross over again Frontage Road parallel with Forty Nine South from Fourth Street. We cross over headed south on Frontage toward Hardy. And then we take a ride on Hardy Street, and we go west on Hardy Street all the way to 38, where the parade actually ends right there at the Wells Fargo, I believe. And that's, uh, in fact, I, <clears throat> Bob, I got invited, the Southern Bancor guys who sponsor our studios here, they've invited, okay. yeah, they've invited me to, to hang out along the parade route, which they're, man, they're in, in prime location, you know, awesome. right, you know, right there on Hardy Street. Melissa, mm-hmm. so much of this stuff 
you know, I, I really, I really feel sorry for the what you have to deal with in the sense that there's one thing you absolutely cannot control, and that's the weather. The weather. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? What? Yeah, you. I mean, I didn't hold up a cue card. You beat me to it. So, you know, what? What about? And, and I don't think the forecast at this point calls for rain necessarily. But um, right, it's going to be a little bit cool, maybe. But other than that, mm-hmm. how, so what is Plan B if the worst should happen? So, you know, that one year we canceled it, um, the um, local TV station portrayed just uh, torrential rain and tornadoes and just really, really bad weather, and it ended up being beautiful for about a six-hour window <laughs> where we should have had the parade. So, but, you know, for me, I, I couldn't mm. win for losing. Um, right. You know, you just catch it from all directions, whether we would have had the parade or whether we, you know, wouldn't have. Um so uh, the the police department, the city, we all agreed we will roll rain or shine. Um, you know, if it's just, you know, severely bad weather, of course, we'll cancel it. Um, I think the Halloween parade was, was canceled um, this past time, and it wasn't just the end of the world. Everybody just saves their throws till the next year. Um, so we plan to roll rain or shine. Um, so if there is a, you know, chance of rain, just bring your raincoat, your umbrella, um, and... In true Mardi Gras style, you know, the umbrella kind of goes along with those outfits anyway. <laughs> so, um, but we will roll rain or shine. And um, I think everybody in Hattiesburg is prepping for Saturday, you know, just gathering their beads and their throws and deciding where they're going to eat at on Saturday and what they're going to do. And um, it'll be a full day of, of excitement. And there's a few after parties around about as well. Well, Melissa, let me put you to put you at ease. I'm looking at the weather forecast right now. Sunshine Saturday, daytime high of 57, and not a mention of rain. I don't think that you're sounds work. perfect, and uh, we're we're due. <laughs> yeah, but that was the same people that predicted the, the hurricane. No, no, I, I didn't go to the TV station after what she just said. Oh, okay, no, no, I went to right. a more, I went to a more reliable source. Melissa, when do you start mm-hmm. working on this? I mean, it, it's Saturday, but it's a, I'm assuming it's a year you long. Yeah. Um, Right. It's a a year-long process. Of course, after um, the parade every year, we get together, and while everything is fresh on our mind, we go over, you know, things we'd like to change, things we really liked about it, and we welcome feedback from the community every year. And then we get started on, um, you know, on the next year. And um, it seems like every year you have to start buying your beads. For example, earlier, um, there's a big shortage this year. Um, I think the parades are just... um, bigger and better um than they've been since um things were kind of shut down a few years ago so everybody's looking to get out and party this year so um got to get those beads early and um make preparations early and um i think we'll have about 50 floats this year is what we're looking at and the floats um you know everybody gauges the size of the parade by how many entries or floats we have but what people do is build bigger floats and combine um their crews and parties every year so um what we what we're seeing is more people building floats and um you know just making the parade bigger and better so melissa how do you coordinate with the city of hattiesburg because obviously you've got safety precautions anytime there's little kids around running after things it could Right. Know, be a potential. So, so we we have a about a four page um, list of standing rules that every participant is given, 
and um, we go over those rules in a, a big city meeting with about 60 people in attendance that we had about a month ago, but we have that meeting with the city um, every year. And again, that's, you know, that's something that, that we put on for free for the community, for the children, and people need to realize all the hard work and the, the giving um, that goes on behind the scenes, whether it's the city department, um, key superstores that, that actually brought the parade to us and puts it on every year. Um, we have a few sponsors, Be Clean Out of Laurel Supplies, the Porta Potties for Everybody. That's very important. Um, but from that city meeting, we kind of iron out um, everything and go over the rules and tweak anything that needs to be tweaked. And um, then there's um, other meetings that go on between then and now between our company, Keith Superstores, and um, the city has their own meetings and. It's a big ordeal, and this has definitely been deemed the, the largest parade um, in the area, you know, from Jackson on down. And um, we do expect, you know, probably 10,000-plus participants and um, spectators again this year, and it's just continuing to grow. So, All right. Uh, I want to remind our listeners that Melissa Socher is the lady that engineered the drive that raised over $30,000 for Corky Palmer's family at the start of baseball season last year and then came in at Christmas and made the toy and food drive for, for Homes of Hope for Kids absolutely over the top. Uh, and, and now she's working on the Mardi Gras parade. Well, I'm just glad she remembered the porta potties, but especially if you're drinking beer because you don't buy beer, you rent it. Right. <laughs> Only Kelly would be worried about that, right, Melissa? That would be the first thought on Kelly's And, and mind. the thing is, with the porta potties, we all know that if there's not a porta potty, it, it will happen somewhere. <laughs> yes, there'll be a lot of porta potties. Like I said, you don't buy beer, you rent it. You know. Hey, Melissa, as always, thank you, and thank you for all you do for the community. And uh, you know, we're we're proud to let people know you're a very good friend of ours. Yes, sir. I look forward to what's next. As right. always, it was a pleasure. Y'all have a blessed day. All right. Melissa Socher, everybody. Mississippi Bay to more great place, Kelly, to go buy your Valentine something. Kelly. Yeah, they're chasing their tails today, aren't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> With the just so much for the community. Kelly, who is your yeah. Valentine, by the way? Sadly, I'm alone again. Lonely. The man who will not even have his own children in his house during the holidays. I'm Mr. Lonely. And he wonders why he's lonely, right? (laughs) We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment is always brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT on the left, D1 Training on the right. Can't miss some great facilities. Pro Shop, it's all there. DBAT, Hattiesburg. 
com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, it was, uh, it was good to talk to Daniel Stewart last week from Southern Bancorp. He was on the show with us at Reed Green. I always appreciate Southern Bancorp and everything they do for uh, for the Eagle Hour. Of course, over the weekend, women uh, defeat Coastal Carolina 80-68. to Men in basketball defeat Louisiana Monroe 76-67. Eagles two-game lead now in first place are Jay Ladner's troops uh, in the Sun Belt. Southern Miss basketball is not the only thing going on. This was kind of like the uh, the beginning of all spring sports over the weekend. Men's tennis uh, sweeps Alcorn State seven to nothing. They had a a match on Saturday canceled with Samford. That's been rescheduled this coming Friday at one uh, p.m. Softball had an exciting weekend. Coach Natalie Poole goes three and zero in her first three. Uh, games. They defeated Seton Hall in nine innings, two to one. Samford on Sunday, three to nothing, and then Samford again uh, yesterday, um, three to two. It was really and, and to talk about a few of the, the Lady Eagles. Morgan Linestock pitched Saturday against Seton Hall, turned around on Sunday, and pitched uh, against uh, Samford in seventeen innings that she pitched. She struck out, I think, 18 batters. So a phenomenal job by Morgan Linestock. Lady Eagles won on a walk-off walk. Um, Maria Smith walked on, on Saturday in the bottom of the ninth. Lady Eagles scored two in the bottom of the night to come back and win that one. And then in the other two games, Hannah Borden had two RBIs in the 3 to nothing win game one yesterday and then hit a home run and, and had another double, had three RBIs. So Linestock with 18 strikeouts, Borden with five RBIs. Lady Eagles softball starts off 3-0. and And, Luke, I wanted to tell you, too, I had a chance to talk with both uh, both of those young ladies that you just mentioned. I uh, was at practice on Thursday, and we'll have those interviews hopefully later this week. Good stuff. Men's golf down in Mobile at the Howe Williams Collegiate. Arkansas leading that right now. Um, they shot a, a, through round one, a 271. Golden Eagles in seventh place, tied 13 shots back. Um, with uh, Dupuis and Ladder and Clark and and uh, our, our good buddy Pat Ratatanyan, uh, all the uh, the Golden Eagles as they uh, get ready for the spring season as they begin it here. Lady Eagles down at English Turn in New Orleans, they are currently tied for sixth, um, taking on uh, Tulane, Purdue, UTEP, and and more schools. And then finally, track and field um, over the weekend up in Nashville, a great job by Coach Stewart's troops once again particularly sprints and high jumps. Dylan Edwards and Marquez McCray uh, beat a previous school record in the 600 uh, meters. And then on the women's side, Zaria Taylor second in the high jump. Wow, that's that's, that's quite a, a roundup, like you said. And, and last year, you remember last year at this time, uh, with all the anticipation of the baseball season, basketball kind of winding down. But with all due respect, last year's basketball season was pretty forgettable, right? right? But now, man, there's just a lot of things going on. And Well, this just broke. Uh, Joe Biden has just congratulated the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. But the Rams won it last year, Bob. <laughs> the president didn't understand. That. He's busy shooting down balloons. <laughs> He missed the game. Eagles uh, 52nd in, or in 57th, I should say, in net rankings. And I, we, we said it early on in this show, this is a one-bid league. So you do your best this week. Um, it will be pretty sweet, though, if they clinch a regular season Sunbelt Championship this week, guys. It's just hard, hard to believe, man. And, it's incredible. And, you know, I'm a money guy, right? I mean, that's what I do besides radio and stuff is – is money management. Well, that's not all you do, but we're not going to get yeah, into all that. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah. just for them making, if for no other reason, 
than the financial windfall it would be to whatever degree for to Southern Miss to, to get the NCAA to, to get in. Yeah, because the NIT would be great, and we we have history with the NIT, but. But, man, when it just comes to dollars and cents, I know Jeremy McLean would sit there and say, man, I could sure use some it's extra like, money. You're going to have to win the tournament. It's like $2 million over, what, like six years they pay for one appearance. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Quez Watkins did get a catch last night in the Super Bowl, guy. And I, I, I do want to mention this connection to Laurel here. Chris Stapleton's a good friend of Ben Napier. How sweet was his national anthem last night? Yeah, it was nice. Really good, yeah. It was yeah. really good. And at Quez, I sure wish he could have grabbed that post pattern down there late in the third quarter, but he just couldn't couldn't quite wrestle it in. I'm glad it's over, aren't you? I, I've just had enough of the NFL. For a while. I left. I got to tell you, I left at halftime. Uh, the Eagles were up, and people were going, "What are you leaving for?" I said, "Because I and, and you and I discussed this in the production meeting." I said, "The Chiefs are going to win this game." I, they were down by 10 at half. I said, the Chiefs are going to win. And they go, well, what makes you so sure? I said, because that's who the NFL wants to win. They want Kansas City to win. And somehow, so, well, then I left. People were texting me. The Eagles tied it. The Eagles tied it. And I texted them back and I said, you fools. It doesn't matter that the Eagles tied it. The Chiefs will win the game. Yeah. You're right. That's exactly what happened. Glad y'all are uh, getting the memo now, um, you know, four, five years later. <laughs> it's uh, It's been... Always with with the same. Pretty brutal. Have we got a Welcome. basketball coach coming on tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, we'll have one one of the assistants will be uh, will be joining us to talk about this big game that could clinch a top four seed for the Eagles as they head to Mobile Thursday night. All right, I, I did learn something from Juan Cardona. He does not drink Red Bull. It's just coffee and Coke. That's it. There we go. Well, he doesn't need any Red Bull, believe me. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't get started on that. As cardiologist. No, no more. Pete Taylor Park Friday. That's where we'll be. We'll be working on a big lineup for you there. So we appreciate you listening every day. Well, next time, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.